Hi, um, and welcome back to another podcast episode. Um, I have not posted in quite a while, and I am so sorry. Um, honestly, I need to stop using college apps as an excuse because at this point, I mean, it's not even a lie though. Like, I literally do spend most of my time at home, um, working and doing college apps, but, um, you know, like, it's, yeah. And I feel bad sometimes because it's always the same excuse, you know, like, um, if someone asks me to like look over something or like edit an essay for them, I'll be like, I'm so sorry. Like I have college apps, I have this application, but like I'll look over it. <laughs> I feel so bad. Um, but yeah, so basically I need to come up with a better excuse. Like, oh, I have to take my fish on a walk. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I am literally the worst at coming up with excuses. Like, it's so obvious when I just don't want to do something. Um, and I feel really bad about it. Anyways, this is so unrelated. Um, we are back in lockdown, which is kind of part of it. Um, but it's so interesting, though, because Jay Inslee was really like, you know, um, technically, like, please stay home. But, like, if you really, really have to, like, in, in an emergency, like, you could, like, go to the mall. Like, if it's really an emergency, like, you can go shopping for Black Friday. Like, if it's really, really, really an emergency. Which um, <laughs> I don't understand. Or, like, you can, like, get your nails done and, like, get your hair done. If it's, if it's really an emergency. Like, I just, I don't really understand just because, like, cases are rising a lot. Although, Pfizer's vaccine seems to be pretty effective um and they're gonna start actually he just tweeted um this morning jansley tweeted that uh they're gonna start vaccinations pretty soon i mean they're gonna probably start with um nursing homes and first responders which is the right way to go i mean the amount that first responders have risked this year um is just really admirable um so it's yeah um so i think they have a good plan on how that's gonna go and it's it's exciting um because hopefully we get a high school graduation if people actually decide to stay home and actually get the vaccine um fun fact we actually had a measles outbreak in my school um a little while ago which was very sad because the measles should be eradicated but we do have quite a strong anti-vax community over here so um including my mom well not really she just doesn't like flu shots which is interesting not to excuse not to expose my mother i mean she's very um she's a very intelligent woman and you know but uh she just is not a fan of the flu vaccine which makes sense because i mean they usually are just guessing um you know like what strains are gonna come but it's developed by very intelligent scientists and um i guess it's uh, out of all the vaccines that you should probably get, flu is probably the least important of them. But, um, you know, it's it's interesting that vaccines have come become a political um, aspect because I remember I brought them up in class, actually, in our, in our gov class because my teacher was asking about, like, current events and stuff. And I was like, yeah, like, the vaccine. She's like, that's not political. And I was like, well, unfortunately, it's kind of become political, but... No, I don't think she was wrong, though. It is not really. It's more of a science thing, but it's an exciting thing. Um, it is very exciting to know that things might be back to normal. I'm really hoping we have a graduation, like, really, really hoping, um, you know, because, like, you worked hard for four years. 
um, it's kind of nice to hopefully, um, get, you know, to be able to throw your cap off and stuff, um, yeah, and also big college decisions are coming next week, all of the EAs and EDs, um, which is very scary, and I'm pretty scared for that, um, but, yeah, anyways, that's just a couple updates on my life, um, as far as America's doing, not so great, um, so just last week, the Texas, what was it, the attorney general or something, he released a statement about how um, states should succeed and have Trump be the president of their United States because the other states are not following the Constitution and the Supreme Court rejected their case, which honestly, I can't even imagine what would have happened if the Supreme Court did accept the case, um, especially considering that, you know, there are three Trump-appointed justices, and there are six conservative justices, um, it, I, I don't even want to think about what would have happened if they, uh, tried to overturn the election in that way, but, um, yeah, so that is (laughs) reassuring, I guess, um, electors are meeting tomorrow, Monday. I might actually release this episode on Monday when they're meeting. Um, so that's exciting. Um, it's, I mean, we knew that Joe Biden was going to be president. It's just, it's still reassuring. Um, and of course it's very important that we hold the administration accountable because, um, you know, I was a kid when Obama was president and, there definitely were still some things that I would disagree with, some questionable things. So it's still very, and and Joe Biden, obviously, I have many disagreements with um, his ideology, and he is not the ideal candidate for most people. Um, I think for most Democrats, he's maybe not the most ideal candidate. And we did really see that this election because, um, you know, Democrats obviously lost seats in the House and um, some lower level elections too didn't go perhaps as awesome as we would have loved, um, which also should be a signal to the Republicans that maybe they should stop with voter suppression because when people vote, it doesn't really hurt them as much as they think it did. Anyways, um, you know, they did have some significant gains in the House and obviously the Senate is a toss up, which I really thought, um... You know, I, and, and the Senate was still, like, questionable, but I was hoping that Lindsey Graham would lose. Um, he deserves to lose. Jesus Christ. Just, they're spineless. Like, I, I seriously can't even, like, comprehend it anymore. The fact that they're calling for succession is just, like, you know, a lot of Republicans will sort of overlook the amount that Trump has truly divided the United States. Like, this is not something that I hear people talk about enough, I think. Um, Like, yeah, we do talk about polarization, but um, just, just, wow, like, succession. (laughs) The fact that that's even, like, being talked about, like, put on the table is just... uh, it's, It's really um, quite, quite bizarre, um, and, and scary, 
to think that um, this type of figure has been so divisive in American politics. Um, and, you know, I hope he doesn't continue to be, but um, he does have quite the loyal following and he is able to get Republicans on his side, at least like, you know, senators and congressmen, because um, like, for example, even in Kentucky, uh, Trump got way more votes than Mitch McConnell did, which just goes to show that he is quite a popular figure in the Republican Party and probably will be for the next coming years. But um, it's it's kind of scary, but fascinating nonetheless. Um, so that is interesting. And hopefully um, the Georgia runoff elections go well. Um, I have been seeing a lot of John Ossoff on my socials, on my Twitter, on my TikTok, um, and he is <laughs> quite the, um, good-looking and cool guy. Like, it's, it's really interesting, I think, because, um, the Democrats could not have two better nominees, and the Republicans could not have two worse ones. I mean, Kelly Loeffner and uh, David Perdue, they both suck. Um, Kelly Loeffner is one of the richest members of Congress, and she, you know, obviously sold stocks, and she's just a terrible person all around. I mean, she um, she's not very popular in general. She hasn't, she wasn't even elected, technically. And David Perdue refuses to have um, debates and also, he, um, he's just, yeah, they're both, they're both kind of, eh. Um, and then we have Raphael Warnock, who is a pastor, um, reverend or something, um, <laughs> at Martin Luther King's church, and he's, um, quite extraordinary. And John Ossoff, who is a young, um, well-spoken and, you know, um, and obviously his opponent refuses to debate him, so um, I think they both have a good chance. I mean, they are projected to win, but obviously voter suppression in Georgia is a real problem, and um, Trump didn't lose by that many votes, um, and how things went in the uh, in the general election did technically have Purdue and Loeffner winning slightly over um Ossoff and Warnock but um obviously the circumstances were very different and I think it'll be interesting um and then the Georgia runoff elections will be this sort of first um case study of this the consequences of you know sort of planting that seed of doubt in American democracy I think it'll be really interesting to consider what the implications of that are. Um, you know, it's 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 quite fascinating because a lot of Georgia Republicans probably are considering not voting. Um, you know, just because. I mean, at least if you are a very devout Trump supporter, Georgia Republican, you're probably considering not even casting your ballot, you know? Um, it probably feels like the election is rigged anyway. What's the point? Um, and a lot of Americans feel that way about elections in general, especially presidential elections. Even though we are quite politically active, I think, you know, a lot of people are like, 
well, the Electoral College decides the president anyway. Um, and we have such low voter turnouts in some of these off elections. So it'll be interesting to consider the implications um, and what people actually vote. Because, again, voter suppression is a real problem in Georgia. And Georgia, um, you know, they have obviously had pretty bad um, Jim Crow laws and things like that that systematically oppress um, African-Americans specifically and um, make it hard for them to vote, <laughs> especially. Um, and Stacey Abrams, you know, did a great job going out to some of these rural communities and registering people and ensuring that they voted, um, driving people to go vote, things like that. But um, it's really hard to have that same energy in a runoff election, um, especially since a lot of the Democrats down there are, you know, working class, um, the type of people that can't take hours and hours and hours out of their day to go vote, um, which is often required, especially since Georgia is notorious for, you know, long voting lines and voter purges and just all kinds of voter suppression methods. Um, not as bad as North Carolina as far as like gerrymandering and things like that, but of course that exists too. Um, so again, it'll, it'll just be interesting to consider the implications, but also I hope people know how important this election is. Um, essentially without the Senate, there's no climate change, um, action. There's no, um, there's no COVID relief. There's, there's not a lot that we can do without the Senate. Um, and also if expanding the courts, if it comes to something like that, which by the way is totally constitutional and um, will probably be uh, an issue because you, you know, at least two of the justices have been nominated under contentious issues, um, Kavanaugh and Barrett. So, you know, um, and... So it, it, it'll it be um, interesting to consider. And I'm really hoping for the best. I mean, they are predicted to win in the polls again, but polls, gosh, you just you just never know because uh, 538 actually was very accurate um, this year. And they're pretty accurate. And 2016 too, you know, people need to give 538 more credit. One second, I'm actually going to look up what 538 says right now. Okay, so according to 538, um, Ossoff is ahead by hardly 1%. And Warnock is ahead by uh, 2 or 1.6. So, like, almost 2. Um, and it seems like it's really, 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 really close. Um, but they are predicted to win by very slim margins. Very, very, very slim margins. Except Survey USA has put Warnock as ahead by 6 points. Um, and Survey... Uh, and, and that makes sense because Kelly Loeffner, of course, again, is despised by a lot of people um you know and David Perdue is kind of similar but a little bit more low-key Kelly Loeffner did make um huge news headlines for selling her stocks and things like that of course which I think Perdue did as well if I remember correctly but um Kelly Loeffner is just more hated because she of course um is one of the richest members of Congress and she's not elected so I would not be surprised if she definitely loses um I'm hoping the best for Ossoff, too. I think that he's young. He has so much energy. People really like it, especially on TikTok. People love, 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 love Ossoff. And it makes sense because he's, you know, dark hair, 
Jewish man. Um, I think everyone has a little bit of a crush on Ossoff, but anyways. Um, so hoping for the best there. Um, and yeah, that's that's sort of interesting. And you know, it's it's it's, it's going to be really consequential. So I hope people turn out and vote. If you know anybody in Georgia, tell them to go vote. Uh, make sure that they're registered. Uh, do whatever you can. I actually wrote um, letters and postcards the other day. Um, so make sure people go vote. Make sure people, I mean, the registration deadline is passed, but um, early voting, I think, starts either Monday or Tuesday. Um, or might have already started. Uh, I, th- I believe it starts on the 14th, though. So go out, vote, do whatever you can. Um, make sure that we have a democratic senate um because we really need it so that's another thing that i've been thinking about recently is you know um the two-party system and all of that like is it really productive um and i don't know how much i've really talked about this on this podcast but we were talking about it in gov and i think it's super interesting is you know um thanks to the two-party system especially in recent years i'm talking maybe um, 1950s, 1960s, um, we've had periods in American history, um, that have really, there's been, you know, a period of awesome progressive change, like, we get a lot done, and then it sort of reverses back on itself, especially when it comes to civil rights and, um, African American rights in particular, um, we've just been so terrible, you know, uh, the slaves were finally freed, 13th Amendment, 14th Amendment, 15th Amendment, and then right afterward, we enter into, you know, the Jim Crow era, um, and systematically, essentially, take those rights away, um, make it really hard for African Americans to vote, to have jobs, um, you know, we do things like Juneteenth, Tulsa, um, you know, once African Americans are able to establish wealth, we take it away, and that's just, I I think it's a really sad um and devastating part of american history and it's 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 particularly sad just because of how frequently this same sort of pattern has reoccurred you know um in the 1960s huge strides for um a bunch of minority communities you know obviously the most noted is um the voting rights act and um martin luther king and malcolm x and all of these huge figures but then we also see you know huge strides in the native american movement huge strides for the lgbtq community um with the stonewall riots and all this stuff and uh, marsha p johnson like things are really progressing and then we have you know this sort of pushback era in the 70s and 80s and even 90s um, with the war on drugs and, um, you know, police brutality becomes a huge, huge issue. And it still is a huge issue to this day and a very contentious one for absolutely no reason. Um, you know, like they don't tell you that like black lives don't matter. They say like all lives matter, which is just ridiculous. And, um, I think it would be interesting to hear maybe more about this from a black perspective because obviously I cannot really speak on a lot of these issues because I don't uh, fall into most of these minority communities. But um, it's still, it's it's just a super interesting pattern that I found and I wonder how much of that is a result of, you know, this two-party system um, 
because the Republicans become, like, the party of, like, economics and trickle-down economics and stuff like that, but then at the same time, maybe consciously or unconsciously, they are suppressing a lot of this, like, progressive social change as well, which is, um, you know, problematic, uh, at least. Um, I would say that what the party has become is problematic, um, especially, you know, under Trump. It's It's been quite problematic. You know, you can say that he was so good for the economy, blah, blah, blah. But um, a lot of the economic recession that we're facing right now is really a consequence of Trump's, um, you know, war on uh, trade war with China and stupid stuff like that. You know, the fact is you can't run away from globalization. It's really inevitable. And um, fighting China was not at least fighting them in that way was probably not the smartest thing because we do depend on their goods a lot. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's interesting to think about. Um, and just like on a world scale, I feel like there's so much going on right now. So sort of, um, switching things completely. Um, but it is sort of on that note of, you know, um, I I always imagine what it's like for people to, for super liberal people to live in a house with, like, conservative parents and, like, how hard that must be because it's really hard for people to change their opinions. Um, And especially with parents because, you know, there is that whole sense of, like, oh, I'm older than you, like, I've had more experience than you, so therefore I'm right, even though that's often not the case. Um... But I do have my own little taste of that um, when it comes to Indian politics um, and the Israel-Palestine issue is sort of similar to this as well. But, um, you know, it's it's just interesting to, you know, and um, I think a lot of conservatives and usually Trump supporters post things like, you know, you should still respect everyone's political opinion, like, you should still be friends with people regardless of political affiliation, things like that, um, so it's just, it's really hard to be in this divided world, um, yeah, wow, isn't that so shocking, I have never said anything so crazy in my life, um, you know, and yeah, so it's been a struggle, especially, you know, during the holidays, you often have, like, very politically charged conversations with family members, and it's always contentious, like, I'm always scared for my grandma to talk to me, because she's always like, I want to talk to you, I'm like, okay, um, and then she brings up, like, Modi, and how great of a leader he is, and I just want to scream into, like, a pillowcase, um, you know, so it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of contention, a lot of division in the world right now, um, and America's more divided than ever, you know, kind of circling back to the whole succession. Succession. Um, anyways, just let that sink in. Um, the fact that he called for succession, even though it's not going to happen. I know it's not going to happen. Gosh. 2020 would make such a great movie. <laughs> you know? Like, the amount of ups and downs, like, even personally... The amount of ups and downs. (laughs) It's really crazy. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. Um, That's really all I kind of want to talk about today. I feel like that's a huge unloading of a bunch of things that I personally find quite interesting. But 
Um, I will try to post more regularly. I really want to, especially during winter break. I think it might be interesting to finally have some guests on this podcast. I know I've talked about uh, bringing guests on quite a few times, but, um, you know, I think it would be nice to maybe have, like, some political discussions with a few friends, especially, um, after college apps, um, you know, I will get some of my decisions back soon, it's really scary, um, but once some of these college apps are sort of done, and, um, it'll just be nice to have, I don't know, I just, I love having these kinds of discussions, especially with friends and family, um, although with family it becomes less of a discussion, more of an argument a lot of the time, but that's okay, that's okay, (laughs) um, yeah, but, um, during the holidays, please, everyone, stay safe, um, you know, it's honestly a really nice excuse to not have those political discussions you can be like oh sorry like my wi-fi is going out um sorry like you're cutting out just me my internet gosh zoom is just so you know like you can like pretend it's glitching like whatever whatever you have to do it's not it's a way easier to get out of those discussions um over the internet than it is in person (laughs) That's my holiday tip for you guys. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but in all realness, you know, it's it's hard not being able to spell it, spend it with family, even though sometimes those discussions get quite politically charged and contentious. Um, so I hope everyone has a safe and happy Christmas holiday. Um, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah. Oh yeah, it's um, actually what the fourth night third night of Hanukkah um so happy Hanukkah and Merry Christmas um I'm gonna say happy new year but not yet just imagine that like everything goes back to normal like during the new after the new year like that would be so funny um like just we wake up and like everything's gone that'd be remarkable Um, and honestly, not even the most surprising thing that's happened this year, but anyways, um, best of luck to everyone who is getting decisions back this week. Just remember your self-worth is so much more than a college and to all of you, any college would be absolutely lucky to have you. So yeah, just best of luck. Um, wishing everyone a very... Merry Christmas, happy holidays. Um, yeah. Bye.